It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to what we're dubbing the Coronation Special of the Custard TV podcast, even though we're recording this after the coronation has taken place. And by the time you hear it, it will be old news and everyone will be talking about Eurovision. Joining me this week, quite close to where the coronation took place, Sophie Davis. Yeah, it's been a bit manic in London this week, so I've been avoiding central London really because of all the the coronation stuff going on and all the crowds. Dawn in Scotland your brand is very anti-monarchy your your country as a whole but did you watch or? Not seen any of it except via the medium of Twitter memes so (laughs) that's the the only way I've seen stuff is lots of memes. Penny Mordaunt holding a sword. Yeah. (laughs) The very firm placing of the crown wiggling it about to get it on Charles head and them all reading off of something uh, mm. that's been used frequently for and the succession one which i quite like and retweeted we were traveling to see relatives yesterday but i i was watching uh, the talk tv coverage which featured a lot of vanessa feltz and sharon osborne slagging off Meghan markle so <laughs> there you go <laughs> this could be a podcast don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those uh definitely not anyone with a computer can make one this is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. Yeah, so this week on the show, we, we've we only got the, the three reviews. We're looking at uh, Apple TV's uh, new uh, dystopian thriller, Silo. Uh, from BBC One, we have got new high-concept comedy, uh, Black Ops, and another sitcom... Uh, all on Disney Plus, and it's called Not Dead Yet. But first, uh, let's talk about what we've uh, been watching this week. Uh, Sophie, what about you? What have you been watching? Um, well, I've been watching Succession every week. I think when we last spoke, it was literally the day before that massive episode, mm. if I remember rightly. So obviously that was incredible, um, and seeing how all the characters have been dealing with that over the last few weeks like Kieran Culkin in particular just amazing I finished watching Beef this week Mm. which I really enjoyed did either of you carry on with that one someone wrote a review of it for the website and it wasn't me (laughs) (laughs) yes I finished it (laughs) yeah I really enjoyed that that was a very fun binge like quite a a wild ride (laughs) The, the final episode lost my attention a little bit but I think that's just because it was so much slower than what had come before and I was binging it but I I was happy with how it ended I also have finally watched the latest series of Unforgotten which I was asked I was like which I was asking you not to spoil last time and I watched five episodes in one night and then the finale the following morning (laughs) I've enjoyed every series of Unforgotten really it's not it's a very consistent show for me and I think how he manages to come up with different stuff every time the fact that it was like a more there was a sort of family element to it this time Mm. rather than the characters all knowing each other in a very obvious way from the start you know it was more of a mystery like how are these characters linked yeah I thought it worked really well and it was very sort of um, anti-Tory and anti-cuts to public health services Mm. and other public services so I was yeah. yeah I was on board with all of that that was very interesting and what about you Dawn? The only thing I've watched different this week is I've, I've been watching more of The Diplomat that we reviewed a couple of weeks ago, with, uh, which Luke liked as mm. well, with Kerry Russell. I'm about, I think I've watched about five episodes now. 
and wow, it's a bit saucy. There's there's a lot of grumpy Pompey in it. As the <laughs> okay, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to clutch my pearls. There's a lot more sex in it than I, than I anticipated, but um, it's I really enjoy how it's developing in terms of her dynamic with her husband and you know the fact she wants a divorce and he doesn't and there's these little moments that show that even though he is awful <laughs> you know he's, he's so he just does things without asking her and you know all this stuff but there's also things that show how he looks after her and orders a breakfast and he sort of cuts it up and then leaves it because she always says oh no I don't have breakfast I don't eat breakfast but she'll eat what's on left on his plate just mindlessly so he always makes sure there's food for her to eat and um, mm. stuff like that so their relationship is really interesting and it's developing with her and the British Foreign Secretary their dynamics very interesting as well there's m- moments of sexual tension between them so there's a Rumpy lot of bumpy. <laughs> yeah, Rumpy bumpy. after seeing Fisty Cups last week and Rumpy Pumpy this week I'm not sounding down with the kids <laughs> am I <laughs> The latest succession I, I've watched as well, and just what you were saying there, Dawn, about the relationships in in the diplomat, the Tom and Shiv stuff in this in this mm. most recent succession, I thought was was absolutely. Their scenes together throughout this season have been fantastic. The bitey scene where they're playing, biting each other. <laughs> okay, it just says so much about their relationship and how weird and twisted yet loving it is. You're looking like they're sort of trying to form some sort of alliance, but then, you know, there's this sort of thing that she's got going on with Madsen as well. It'd be interesting to see, because I think we've got another four episodes left, so it's going to be really interesting to see how it ends. And Race Across the World Dawn as well. Yes, loving that. We're heading into the final with only three teams, which is exciting. Poor Kevin and Claudia had to drop out and because they ran out of money. We could see that coming from the start when they were getting mm. taxed everywhere. It's it's one I've, I said before. I don't mind who wins. I like all three teams, and they're all deserving to win. And I'm looking forward to seeing how. And it's it quite goes. open still, isn't yeah. it, in terms yeah. of the cash they've got and in terms of yeah. the leads and things. So it could be a close thing, as I say, a foot race to the end, or you know, or whether or not somebody will have a massive lead. It'll be interesting to see because obviously in. Canada it's it's come down a lot more to people helping them out and giving them lifts and things rather than public transport because if they all use public transport they all arrive mm, at the same on the same and I actually yeah. like this most recent episode where it was like there's only two seats on the bus there's only one yeah. seat on the bus so and I've actually really enjoyed this this series so I may go back and watch the the old ones like you've been doing Dawn and just moving over uh, to the plugs now, I'm going to, because I completely forgot to talk about anything to do with the custard tea last Because <laughs> we got onto that long uh, conversation about Ted Lasso. And I'd like to point everyone towards Dawn's latest piece about Ted Lasso. Sophie, you watch Ted Lasso as well, don't you? I do. I actually haven't watched any of the current series yet because right. I just... I, I just haven't got into it yet. I've been hearing quite mixed things, though. I don't know what your article mm. is about dawn but i'll have a look at that afterwards it is about how it makes things isn't it dawn yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I had quite mixed feelings about series two as well particularly the two standalone episodes that they apparently like added in later because they were given two more episodes the christmas one and the the coach beard one i was not into either of those episodes at all the christmas one in particular i was just watching it like what is this i'm hating it see i like the christmas one but i'm with you yeah i heard that as well very divisive yeah the beard one felt more like a vanity thing i think the christmas one was fun enough it was a christmas episode (laughs) yeah we actually watched um some of season one last weekend because we had a a relative staying with us and he doesn't really watch a lot of tv apart from like football and stuff so we put on ted lasso and yeah it is weird seeing how it was literally just like a 20 minute half hour mm. comedy in series one and then it's almost become like an hour-long drama very much a comedy drama now isn't it and the amsterdam episode was was has been the divisive one this season so far you are right without trying to spoil anything for Sophie how we're meant to feel about Nate in this season was one of the 
things you brought up in your article and also how Keely's become quite sidelined because they've given her her own business now um, and her new relationship. Yeah, it feels yeah. all a bit disjointed, doesn't it? Yeah. Everyone seems to be on their own little island. And that's why I think I like the last episode with the team all came together to help Sam and this new style that they're introducing in the club. Reading your your uh, article, Dawn, it really sort of echoed quite a lot of, I think, how you know me and Sarah and you were all thinking at the time. Also up on the site at the moment, Amy has written a piece on jury duty, which we talked about last week. Have you seen any of that, Sophie? You aware of that? No, I've heard of it, but I it's it, you can you explain it to me? It's like a sort of is it a prank sort of thing? Yeah, we talked about it last week on the podcast. Essentially, it is all actors apart from the one guy, and it's right. a, so it's like a, a court case and. Everyone else is an actor apart from what's his name? Is it Ro- Ronald? Ronald, and and it's basically about getting his reactions to everything that goes on, and obviously there's all these sort of contrived things. Uh, James Marsden's in it as himself as well. Is is one of those? I don't know if I can cope with that. I'm not very good at stuff involving real people where it's mm. really cringe. I really I really struggle with that sort of comedy where there's a real person involved. But then you're the same normally, Dawn, aren't yeah. you? But you yeah. quite, you warmed. I think it's because the guy that they've picked is very sort of earnest. Yes. He so reacts to everything so well. It doesn't feel that cringy because it's it's not like, I don't know, it doesn't feel cringy at all. Even though, because I, when I heard about it, when Amy described it to me, I thought, oh, I won't like that. I, I don't like pranks and stuff. But it doesn't feel like that at all. It just, I think you're right, because he's so... Uh, earnest and just goes along with everything so naturally and although he is saying yeah yeah there's some weird stuff happening he just accepts everything and Mm -hmm. it's kind (laughs) but yeah so that is on amy's review and luke is still reviewing succession weekly uh so that's up there now as well so your various podcasts do you want to just go through those with with the the listeners yeah, sure. There's um, Smashed Prawns in a Milky Basket, which is a podcast about the work of comedy queen Julia Davis. It's an S-pod thing where I re-watch every episode of S-Club 7's TV show with a different guest. And where can we listen to those and find out more about those online? They can find me on Twitter at It's Sophie Davis. There's also at S-pod thing and you can find them wherever you get your podcasts really apple podcasts or spotify or wherever dawn again ted lasso yes the shipyard uh is a podcast about will they want their relationships and slow burns all that kind of stuff our last episode we did was about ted lasso and the sunflowers episode where we mostly talked about ted and rebecca um and the chances are they end game or are they not still at this point which is like two three episodes later still don't know so they've barely you... had any interactions yeah. this season either yeah. there's like i i just no <laughs> if they're doing it it's very weirdly done i really don't know but in this week they brought up that ted has a a green matchbook as well which is one of the significant items from uh, her psychic reading so it's like yeah Again, a weird, a weird storyline this season. Yeah, as someone who hasn't watched this season yet, this is sounding very odd for a psychic. Reading. Green matchbox and psychics, yeah. So yeah, you can catch that on the Shipyard USD on uh, YouTube and Spotify and all the social medias. You can catch us there. And okay. I also have another piece on the Custard TV about my life as a. Oh TV. yeah, I forgot about that. Yes, Dawn <laughs> wrote another really, really good article. Do you oh. want to just discuss that a little bit more? Yeah, I wrote about why my relationship with TV is so important to me. Why I care so much about TV, the role it's played in my life since uh, before I was born, even the fact that when I first became ill with Emmy when I was a teenager. And I had no life and very little going on. I couldn't leave the house, really. TV was my main source of entertainment and companionship and education. I can diagnose most illnesses (laughs) thanks to daytime TV. (laughs) Uh, And then how when the internet came along as well in relationship with TV, how that gave me a a, a focus in life and a a community and something to look forward to every day when I couldn't go out. So... Yeah, I wrote all about that, and it's up, and it's called uh, A Love Letter to TV, I think. 
a really powerful read. So yeah, I would recommend that. And quickly, Custard TV podcast, you can find us on all your podcast apps of choice. And please give us a review, uh, rate and subscribe. And tell your friends if this is the first time you've heard this and and you like sort of the weekly uh, TV review uh, thing that we do here. And uh, without further ado, let us get into the reviews. Uh, First of all, we've got the sort of the big budget show of the week. Silo is on Apple TV Plus and Dawn will just uh, try her best to run us through the basics. (laughs) It's a post-apocalyptic world unknown future or barren nuclear wasteland type place 10,000 peoples apparently survive and live in a silo which is hundreds of floors below the ground they have been there for an unknown amount of time but they have an entire system you know they have an ecosystem going they have a judicial system they have a law and they have a society of lower class to middle class, upper class. They have sensors in the silo and and cameras which show this barren outside world, which is supposed to remind them why they can't leave the silo. If you uh, do bad, your punishment is cleaning the, the outside. And if you ask to leave, they must let you leave and you will go to your death, basically. We meet the sheriff, Holston, and his wife, Ali, who uh, are informed that they are allowed to try for a baby. This is their third attempt. Obviously, it's something that is decided by committee to control the population. So Ali's contraception device is removed and they can try for a year. As months go on and Ali doesn't fall pregnant, they become more stressed about it. And uh, there's a woman, Gloria, played by British actress Sophie Thompson, who is seen as a sort of a mystic, as a, but also as a bit of a crazy old lady who says she can help with fertility. Ali kind of ignores her. As a sideline, Ali works in IT and she is curious about deleted files in the computer system. Their technology is sort of equivalent to late 1990s. And their belief is that 140 years ago, there was a rebellion in the silo and rebels wanted to leave and the others stopped them. And during that rebellion, all files and books about the before times were deleted or burnt or destroyed in some way. So Ali's interested in trying to recover deleted files. Tim Robbins is a very officious and our second week in a row of a tech expert called Bernard. Apparently, it's the it's the name for tech experts. Uh, he is very negative and immediately deletes her request. But a hardware expert, George, contacts her and lets Ali know he has a hard drive that he has found, which is a relic from the before times. It has stuff on it, but he can't get into it with Ali's help. He does. And they discover all these files about the silo, including blueprints, that show areas they didn't know existed and video file which seems to show that uh, someone who'd gone outside to do cleaning their camera showed that it perhaps wasn't the barren wasteland that they were led to believe it was Ali becomes freaked out by all this realizing that they've been lied to she goes to see Gloria who confirms that yes there is more to things and they as in the uh, whoever they are the higher-ups didn't actually want Ali to fall pregnant and she proves this by cutting herself open and removing the birth control device which in fact had never been removed. She shows this to her husband, he thinks she's going mad with distress at not falling pregnant and Ali asks to go outside. She tells Holson everything she's found out and she says to him, if I am wrong I will just walk into the distance and die If I'm right, I will clean and you will know that I'm right. The outside is not what they're showing us. And in fact, she does. She cleans, which tells him that she is right. However, she almost immediately struggles and stumbles and falls and dies. Uh, They all wear a a spacesuit when they go outside. Two years later, George, the computer expert, also dies. And it is reported by some one person that it's not a suicide. It was a murder. the person who has reported it as a murder is Juliet who is uh, Rebecca Ferguson who is the lead character it's very you watch this whole episode and you're introduced to the lead character of the series at the very end Mm. she's an engineer and she believes 
there's something going on and George was murdered. I've watched three episodes now. Episode two, the timeline is very, very confusing. I got confused a lot. But other than that, I found this really cracking. I really liked it. do like a dystopian kind of thing. I loved the 100 and it's a bit like that. And I like that they get very quickly into the thriller aspect of it. They don't spend a lot of time letting you know about the world and setting the scene and all that. They're very quickly into this fact that everything is a lie and that there's more going on. You mentioned the sort of the time thing. They're they're not very helpful with the time jumps, are they? In terms of we only got one two years later because obviously the initial thing we get is him saying he wants to go out, and then we go back to see him with his wife, and as you say, the very brief introduction of Juliet. Sophie, how did you get on with this? Is this your sort of thing as well? It's not something I normally would have chosen to watch unless I'd you know heard really amazing reviews already um but I I liked it yeah I think the first episode establishes like the world and the characters really well through this you know one year where they're trying for a baby and she's beginning to question stuff um and yeah like you said Dawn Rebecca Ferguson appears right at the end of the first episode and then going forward she becomes the main character really um yeah, I, I liked it. I watched the first two episodes and I, I watched it with my partner who is a lot more into like sci-fi stuff than I am and he really loved it. Um, so I think we're probably going to go forward and watch it every week now um, and I'm interested to see where it goes. So she's front and centre of episode two, is she then? Because as someone who's only watched episode one. Yeah, her and the sheriff basically mm. um, because he's, so, well, I'm, I don't know if I'm getting mixed up now between what's in episode one and what's in episode two, but she's explaining to him why she thinks this guy was murdered and we figure out why she knew this guy, what their relationship was. And then going forward, she is trying to solve the murder, basically. I really enjoyed, again, I'm someone who's not massively into into this sort of thing, but I think they do really well giving you that empathy towards the characters as well. You know, David Oyeweo, he is absolutely fantastic. He's one of my favourite actors. I think he's a great screen presence. I saw him once at a screening and he's an utterly charming guy as well. And I think actually his chemistry with uh, Rashida Jones as well, they're utterly believable as this couple. It's great to see her doing more of a a dramatic role here. And you really feel for her as as she gets that, you know, there's more going on behind the scenes. You know, it's, it's a show that's a lot about like blind faith and believing what you're told. And Geraldine James, another British actress, absolutely fantastic. Is she the mayor? Is that her role? Yeah. Reminded me of the role she played in Utopia. You know, there's like a sincerity, but there's something sinister going on behind the scenes. And, you know, there are all of these rules down to you can only walk left on the stairs. Or, you know, she bumps into someone and he's like, keep left. And there's this whole freedom day, as, as Dawn said, you know, there's like, I think it was 140 years they're celebrating since the rebels were conquered and and they got their quote-unquote freedom sometimes a show that's got so many rules and law i do struggle with but again i think there was just enough and i think the two main characters that i met uh tim robbins's brief appearance was really good and you again you get the impression that there are certain people who know more than the sort of lower down classes that we meet here so yeah Really impressed with this. I think the fact that both of you went on to watch uh, the future episodes does speak volumes, really. I mean, Dawn, I know that <laughs> that you're likely to do that anyway, but like to get to three already, I think you know, yeah. obviously quite quite involved. The cast is brilliant. I, I, it's it's a brave move to do the first episode focused on Rashida Jones's character and kill her off in the same episode, but there is a lot of where you're you're focused on one person and you get their story as you know like said the second episode focuses more on our story and I mean the, the layers of characters there are Ian Glenn plays Rebecca Ferguson's father and we don't see him till like episode four or whatever it shows you how much there is going on in it but not too much that it's confusing it's, it's not confusing and it's a very it gets you into the story of the uncovering what's going on very, very quickly and shows you a lot of stuff 
that's oh wow <laughs> you know oh this is going on and that's going on whereas in other shows I could imagine it would for end of the first episode where you would see Rashida Jones discover something but all that happens at the first episode so you don't have a, a chance to get bored really enjoyable you know all three of us very positive about this so um two episodes at the moment on apple and then i believe it is uh their weekly 10 episodes in total uh one thing we did mention as well this is adaptation of three books in total i believe the silo series so reviews seem to be positive so you know i believe i would imagine that you know the other two books would be adapted as well uh, moving on now to the first of our two comedies this week this is uh, black ops on uh, bbc one and uh, sophie's just going to quickly set this up for us this is a new bbc comedy about two pcso's police community support officers dominique and Kay, who are played by bemi solo ikimelu and hamed animashon They get recruited for a sort of off-the-books undercover mission by D.I. Clinton Blair. Um, He's been looking for two black officers specifically to infiltrate a a gang of drug dealers, but he hasn't been presented with any suitable candidates so far. So he turns to these two unqualified PCSOs as a sort of last resort, really. Um, It's all very off-the-books. It's just between the three of them. So first of all, he tells them they have to get themselves fired from the police. They then have to steal drugs from the police and start dealing them on an estate to try and get the gang's attention. Despite how awkward they are, you know, they admit that they're very unstreet. They do end up getting recruited by this gang to sell drugs for them without spoiling the ending of the episode. The gang asks them to do something which kind of changes the course of the whole mission, really, and leaves them kind of flailing around, unsure what to do. Dawn, what were your thoughts on this one? And how many yeah. did you watch? <laughs> I, watched, I know Sophie watched two. I watched at least two. I can't remember if I watched three. <laughs> no, I think I only watched two. I think there was only two to watch. I think that was all that was available to us. I think it's I think... all on the i yeah, and it's all on the iPlayer now, though. I laughed a lot. The scene where they steal a police car had me in uh, hysterics. I thought it was so funny. Dominique is is brilliant. I loved her in uh, League of Their Own. She was Clance. And she's brilliant in this. She really is a compelling leading figure. And the character of Kay is a really good foil for her. He's like a Christian do-gooding kind of dweeby guy. The supporting cast of the other police officers, uh, including uh, Felicity Montague as a a superintendent but is she good is she bad and jo- joanna scanlon as well really good comedic women um in the supporting cast and brilliant I, I thought it was really interesting it is quite silly but i thought it was going to be more silly mm. but it's not, not quite a good uh, you know a story with it as well as just being oh these two completely inept people uh, you know up to their their neck in it but it's got a more of a, a plot to it as well, which I, I really like. So that adds to it. You want to know what's going to happen with them in in terms of their interactions with the gang. Will they succeed? And I thought it was very sharp and very quick. Again, I didn't never felt bored, never felt like I was lost and waiting to know what was happening. It, just spending time in the two main characters' company was good enough that whatever they were saying to each other was entertaining enough to keep anything going. Strong agree there. And as you say, you know, the cameo, I think one of the things is the cameos in this, just in that first scene in the, you know, we got Joe Scanlon, Kerry Howard, Felicity Montague, Rufus Jones, all sort of just popping up one after the other (laughs) before we got the, the sort of the central conceit of this. I thought she was brilliant. And I think the character of Dominique, you know, the sort of the underlying thing about this is the racial profiling in the police, isn't it? And how she quickly gave up on her dreams of progressing in the police force and sort of resigned her role to be uh, one of the the PCSOs. I thought the the scene at the start was brilliant because there is all that bureaucracy around it and asking them to fill it, the, the guy who they couldn't help to fill in a survey of their satisfaction rating, that all really rang true. He was a great comic foil as well. There was two moments in that that made me laugh out loud one where there was the thing about 
the only people who know about this are the people around the table. And then later when he, um, you know, does the customer service with the guy who's come to buy heroin from them. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the U.S. Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. And he says, I wanted him to come back. And she says, yeah, he's going to come back because he's an addict. Those were the two, you know, and they're, they're like just jokes that come out of nowhere. But, you know, the plot is enough to keep you going on. Very clever, very funny. So, yeah, really impressed with this. Yeah, I really liked it as well. I found the leads very funny. They make a really great double act where she's quite sort of cynical and jaded and he's wide-eyed and innocent. He really made me laugh a lot, like the moments you already mentioned and also like when he's worried about his hand getting shot because he he uses it to play keys in the church band mm. and then he later refers to it as, as his organ hand um he really made me laugh and like you said the insane supporting cast in episode two as well there's like colin holt and emma cd both being very funny yeah i i just really like this it really really made me laugh a lot and there is enough of a a sort of intriguing plot to keep going to see what they're going to end up doing in this mission and like if any of the higher ups like Felicity Montague are sort of involved in it in some way. It's just good to see some you know these British sitcom we'll talk about it in a minute when we when we talk about the BAFTAs as well that I think we are going into another sort of great age for British comedy I think. Sophie do you agree as someone who sort of watches a lot of comedy? Yeah, definitely. I know we're going to talk about the BAFTAs in a bit, but that is a really strong category this year where Mm. I would be happy for any of them to win. Um, And I can imagine Black Ops being in there next year, possibly. On the flip side of that, we will talk about Not Dead Yet, uh, which is a US comedy. I believe it was on ABC earlier this year. It will be all on Disney Plus by the time uh, you hear this. I believe it is going to be all up there on Wednesday. It stars uh, Gina Rodriguez as Nell Serrano. Uh, She is a journalist. Basically, the whole plot is told to us in a opening monologue. And then the next three minutes of the show basically involves all the characters telling us the plot. She went to London, I believe, for a romance that went sour. She was going to get married to the guy. That didn't work out. She's returned to America Um, She's now living in an apartment with a a flatmate she met on Craigslist. That is Edward, who we later learn uh, has ASD. She's given a a job at the local paper, which she used to work at before, by her best friend Sam. However, she's finding it awkward to fit in now all of her, the people who were on the same level as her have not all now been promoted and she's basically starting again. The newspaper's owner is Lexi, who has inherited the paper from her father. Sam and Lexi are now really close, which Nell isn't happy about because her and Sam used to make fun of Lexi. Her job now at the paper, Nell, is to write obituaries. Uh, she starts by writing the obituary of Marty, who is a musician most famous for his jingle for a bubblegum advert. The central sort of conceit of the sitcom then becomes apparent as Nell starts seeing Marty's ghost everywhere. He gives her words of advice. She sort of takes heed of what he's saying. Uh, She ultimately forms a new friendship with his widow, who is called Cricket for some reason. Uh, It ends with her writing his obituary and him disappearing into the ether. Uh, But as we learn, you know, this is going to be a regular occurrence that every week we will meet another ghost who she's writing an obituary of and assuming a little bit of advice will be given 
each week. Now, Sophie, you said you watched two of this. What what were your thoughts on Not Dead Yet? I'm just a bit kind of meh, really. Okay. I didn't hate it. I didn't like it either. It feels quite sort of a little bit sort of cute and inoffensive. Nothing particularly special. I quite like the idea that there's, you know, a different ghost in each episode. That's quite like a fun premise for the sitcom like in the first episode it's the guy who plays gene parmesan in arrested development and then the next episode it's mo collins who was joan calamezzo in parks and rec so these quite sort of fun you know character comedy Mm. people i think looking at imdb we've got like ria perlman coming up and paula pell so that all sounds quite fun but it felt like they didn't really have much to work with Um, Like there's the odd sort of funny line, but nothing that really made me laugh out loud, like in Black Ops. There's nothing really that distinctive about the look of the show either. Like the whole Mm. thing just seems a bit sort of bland. And even the main character, it's kind of like she's, you know, in inverted commas, like a hot mess sort of character, like drinking wine all the time. And there's nothing that sort of distinctive to hold on to I felt from the beginning I totally agree with that it felt very old-fashioned I think in the way that you're saying like that the characters are quite thinly drawn the sort of the central set of the newspaper office doesn't feel authentic nothing really feels authentic yeah there's some weird stuff said in episode two where she's like who uploads the articles to the website and someone's job title is like the upload engineer and it's like that's (laughs) not how content works that's not how things get online i liked seeing uh rick glassman here i don't know if either of you saw as we see it on amazon which was about three autistic people living sort of together and and you know the the challenges there the actor himself does have you know very mild autism so i think even though again it was felt very sort of watered down and he sort of didn't have a lot to do in certainly in the first episode it just made me think I would have liked another episode, another season of As We See It. But as with most things on Amazon, it's already been cancelled. But I would recommend people watch that rather than this, which I did feel, as Sophie said brilliantly, very mer- very bland, very old fashioned. I would be surprised if it, it did get um, recommissioned. Uh, Dawn, your thoughts? I liked it a bit more than you, both of you, but not a huge amount. I, I, I agree with Sophie. I didn't laugh out loud, but it's pleasant you know the best thing about it is the guest stars as the ghosts every week i watched three episodes and i, I loved mo collins and uh, uh, the third episode's britney snow so that aspect of it is good i mean i like ghosts you know the british ghosts and the american ghosts it's in a similar vein but just not quite as good it reminds me a bit of you know we reviewed blockbuster last year where they've taken all these oh, yeah. stars from 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 comedies and then mash them all together in a different arrangement because of this has obviously Gina Rodriguez from uh, Jane the Virgin and Lauren Superstore, Ash, yeah, almost unrecognisable from Superstore and Hannah Simone is is Cece from New Girl. So it was like let's just take them all and mix them up and you know that'll be a magic recipe. It's kind of nothing. It's not it's not offensive. It's not awful. It's just pleasant so that's not dead yet and now we move on to possibly the main event the uh our BAFTA uh predictions now when we did this last year I believe Dawn you were with us last year as well we did it on the Sunday that the BAFTAs were on which was a bit sort of <laughs> redundant by the that evening we, we found out how wrong we were and I believe it was you Sophie who made the comment that you were a bit upset that we predicted all of the it's a sin Win. yeah and then they got nothing they got nothing so let's see how we do this time it's a bit more sort of open i think this time and we did talk briefly didn't we dawn about the nominations yeah. how on the whole we were quite happy with them there was a couple of people we would have liked to have been nominated um i'm going off again the custard tv uh com we've got a list up there so i'm just going to go through we won't go through everything but let's start with with leading actor uh, we've got Ben Wishaw in This Is Gonna Hurt, Shasky Spencer in The English, Killian Murphy in Peaky Blinders, Gary Oldman in Slow Horses, Martin Freeman in The Responder. I'll go to Dawn first. Um, who do you think will win and who do you want to win? I think Ben Wishaw is going to walk away with this very easily. I don't think there's any uh, contender for that. I, I could possibly have seen them giving Killian Murphy 
for the last series of Peaky Blinders, but I think I don't think anybody can stand in Ben Wishaw's way for this one. The only one I've seen is this is going to hurt. So uh-huh. I'm going. <laughs> it's good, good to hear Dawn thinks that's the best choice anyway. I, I really want to watch Slow Horses. I am going to get into that soon. But yeah, I think Ben Wishaw was brilliant in that. So yeah, hopefully him. I think it's a two-horse race between Ben Wishaw and Martin Freeman, who was excellent in the responder had to learn how to do a Liverpudlian accent and did it, I think, fantastically. I would favour Martin Freeman, I think. He sort of is my want to win. But I could see it is between those. It could go either way, which means it'll probably go completely differently. (laughs) But I I think it is definitely going to be one of those two. Moving to lead actress, we have got uh, Billy Piper, I Hate Susie 2, Imelda Staunton in The Crown, Kate Winslet in I Am Ruth, Maxine Peake in Anne, Sarah Lancashire in Julia, and Vicky McClure in Without Sin. Uh, I would like Billy Piper to win. I think for series one of I Hate Susie, she lost out to Michaela Cole for I May Destroy You, which is completely fair enough, but probably very close race. And I think this year, hopefully it's her year, because she was just outstanding in I Hate Susie too. I would obviously like Sarah Lancashire to win as Julia because Julia is my show of the year, but I don't think she will. Uh, I think they'll save it up for Happy Valley next year. I think it might go to Kate Winslet for, for I Am Ruth. I thought that was really, really good. Very naturalistic performance from Kate Winslet. So I think she might win it this time. Yeah, I mean, it is a very strong category. And Sophie, you mentioned the last time Billy Piper lost out. I remember that being a very stacked category because it had Daisy Edgar-Jones in it for mm-hmm. normal people and it had uh, Hayley Squires for adult material as well. So that was a really sort of stacked category. You know, this is a list of excellent British actors, really, isn't it? Yeah. It's like ridiculous. I mean, I would really like Billy Piper to win. I just think that last five minutes of I Hate Susie 2, that, that, yeah. th- that still sticks with me. I think for that alone... She deserves to win it. I think the three episodes were excellently sort of put together and and just her performance from beginning to end, you were just with her and it was it was really stressful. And I just think her performance was absolutely brilliant. I agree with you, Dawn, that, you know, Kate Winslet, excellent in that. Maxine Peake, as always, fantastic in Anne. Sarah Lancashire, you say about Julia, I think that... Because Happy Valley was so strong, she might win it off the back of that for a different show. <laughs> I remember when Olivia Coleman was nominated for two supporting roles in, I believe it was Accused in 2012. Broadchurch had already been on and she won both of those BAFTAs, I think, because how strong the love for Broadchurch was. But I am going to back Billy Piper, I think. I'm hoping that she wins this year in what is uh, just a ridiculously strong year for actresses. Uh, Moving on to supporting actor Adil Akhtar in Sherwood. We've got Jack Loudon in Slow Horses, Josh Finnan in The Responder, Salim Dorr in The Crown, Samuel Bottomley in Somewhere Boy and Will Sharp in The White Lotus. Again, a really strong category, some, some... performances that I love. I mean, Adil Akhtar, his performance in Sherwood was really sort of off the wall and changed throughout the course of the show. Uh, But there were stronger performances in that show that I would have nominated that aren't here. I really love Somewhere Boy, a show that hardly anybody watched. Um, And Samuel Bottomley uh, was the cousin of the lead sort of Somewhere Boy, who was a, a lad who'd been locked up by his father because he was worried about what was going on in the world. Uh, Samuel Bottomley was the the character who was trying to be like the stereotypical teenage lad, but really struggled and then was worried about his cousin's influence. I thought that was a fantastic performance. Who I think will win? I'm not sure because, again, it's it's such a varied category. I will go for Adil Akhtar to win this one, but it could be anyone's uh, game. I do think it it might go to Adil Actor. I don't really know. I mean, but... Josh Finnan was very good in the Responder as well. I was sick up for that performance. But um, and and Sophie, what about you? 
I think Adil Akhtar won the RTS award recently. I don't know if that's mm. usually an indicator of who might win at the BAFTAs, but yeah, that was quite like a, a memorable performance. It's nice to see Will Sharp in there, but it is it does always feel a bit weird seeing American shows in there because it's a British actor. Like same with Julia as well. I thought Will Sharp was great in that, but maybe mm. one that's more for like the Emmys than the BAFTAs possibly. Well, Matthew McFadden won last year, though, for Succession. Oh, I think yeah, that is... felt really odd, especially yeah. when they're not there as well to collect mm. the award. It feels a bit like, oh, OK. This is, I think, the second year that they've started doing it because they did it last year. I remember for Matthew McFadden and Kate Winslet from Mayor of Easttown was in there as well. And mm. you're right, it does feel just very incongruous. And um, yeah, so I think, you know, Adil Akhtar would be the pick. There is like a lot of performances that I liked there last year so we'll see and um, supporting actress now I'm going to struggle with this name Adelio Adedo from The Responder we've got Anne-Marie Duff in Bad Sisters Fiona Shaw in Andor Jasmine Jobson and Saffron Hocking both from Top Boy and we have got Leslie Manville uh, in Sherwood uh, Sophie what, what do you think of this? Anne-Marie Duff was really great in Bad Sisters just a really kind of interesting character who went to a lot of different places and you really felt for her throughout the whole thing Sherwood's a weird one because the cast had so many people in it I don't feel there was like a particular standout person you know Leslie Manville's always great but um yeah I'm not sure about this one and I haven't seen the responder or top boy again and and or feels a bit weird that it's in there because it's like this massive Disney plus show although Fiona Shaw was really good in it it wasn't like a massive supporting role um so I'm gonna say Anne-Marie Duff I think you're right with Sherwood I mean I Leslie Manville was very much like the big performance in it and I can see why she's been nominated I would have preferred Claire Rushbrook to be here I think her performance was a lot more subtle in Sherwood but they've gone for Leslie Manville the actress from The Responder, whose name I won't butcher again, she would be my pick to win, uh, My who I would want to win. She played the, the sort of junior officer who was partnered up with Martin Freeman's character. Um, and there was a story, interestingly, both her and Anne-Marie Duff were playing victims of domestic violence. Her character, we found out, was a victim of domestic violence by her partner, who was a fireman. And her relationship with the Martin Freeman character developed to the the point that he really helped her through that. And I thought she portrayed that brilliantly. And so she would be my pick to win. But you're right, it might go to to Anne-Marie Duff, who again was brilliant in that role. Again, it's really hard to pick between all of the actresses in Bad Sisters. You know, my pick to be in this might be Eve Hewson, who I thought was really good in Bad Sisters. But I would go for... Anne-Marie Duff to win but I would I would like the actress and the responder to win what about you Dawn? Yeah I pretty much agree Anne-Marie Duff and, and I also agree at this point it wasn't Claire Rushbrook in Sherwood the scene I remember tweeting about it the scene where Leslie Manville and Claire Rushbrook are either side of the garden wall and you know they're the two sisters that haven't talked for so long that was so powerful scene and I, but I would have preferred Claire Rushbrook to be nominated I just, I think Leslie Manville is one of these kind of. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Standards in the BAFTAs. You know, you know you'll always see her crop up. She never it. won for Mum, though, which is always disappointing for me. Uh, and the the, the yeah. final series of Mum, I don't think, got any nominations. 
Christmas. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Um, I always think it's a shame that they don't have supporting categories for mm. comedy performance because they do at the Emmys, I think, don't they? Yeah, they do. Maybe they respect comedy a bit more <laughs> in America, maybe, because it's a shame. Yeah. Uh, miniseries, uh, A Spy Among Friends, Mood, The Thief, His Wife and The Canoe. And this is going to hurt. You know, I think this is going to hurt is the front runner. The only sort of one I could see BAFTA possibly picking is Mood, which is this sort of, I believe, I remember Dawn, I think you watched all of this, didn't you? Yeah. Um, which was quite a modern show, like had some musical aspects to it. Um, so I could see maybe them going towards the sort of the modern show to show that, you know, they're not sort of stuck in the past. But I think it's got to be This Is Going to Hurt. And I'm a bit upset somewhere Boy's not here either. Yeah, no, I think This Is Going to Hurt is, is the shoe in. Um, I really did enjoy Mood. I thought it was a really innovative show and very revealing of, of modern culture and, you know, like sex work on the internet. And I watched The Thief, His Wife in the Canoe as well. And I, I, to me, that's a kind of classic British series, you know, with a sort of oddball person and following their life and the weird things that happen because of uh, his weirdness. <laughs> I'll just use the word weird repeatedly. Uh, but I think that I don't think anything can stand in the way of this is going to hurt. I think it's definitely the in keeping with the zeitgeist of Britain at the moment. A uh, comedy programme, Am I Being Unreasonable, Big Boys, Derry Girls and Ghosts. Uh, we'll go to comedy expert Sophie Davis first on this one. Yeah, this is so hard. I don't know. I think, well, as much as I love Ghosts, I think it's perhaps more likely to be either one of the new shows or maybe Derry Girls because it's their final series and they've never won before. There was a lot of buzz around Big Boys when it was on. If I had to put money on it, I would go for maybe big boys, but it's very hard. I would be happy. We're, we're not going to force you to put money on it, Sophie. So <laughs> I think I'm going to go for Dairy Girls just because of the argument that this is their last one. Um, I believe Lisa McGee, isn't it, won the writing award at the Craft Awards for this as well. So BAFTA mm-hmm. obviously quite likes this um, and everyone else there has got a chance to win at a later point. They have renewed... Am I being unreasonable? Big boys and obviously ghosts have announced it's their last uh, series this year. So yeah, Derry Girls, I think. And I had that and Big Boys on my top ten list last year. Really enjoyed Big Boys, but I think this is the year for Derry Girls uh, to win. Yeah, exactly same. I think Derry Girls should win it as their last year. But Big Boys was outstanding writing. I wrote a review for it for the website. Um, I think it's amazing writing, but it's going to have a longer life. So. Derry girls to say goodbye and then next year we can say goodbye to ghosts and they can win it for their last year <laughs> yeah it's mad that ghosts has never won it shows how competitive it's been the last few years yeah now, the first series of Derry girls got beaten by sally forever and i have a julia davis podcast and i think that was insane <laughs> like that was such a weird decision although i loved sally forever i think people were expecting Derry girls to win for that the first series this i think is one of the weirder categories uh, male performance in a comedy daniel radcliffe in a performance that i don't think anyone in this country actually knows exists yeah, Very I thought plain. it was a film because I saw like a trailer for it and I thought it was a film that was coming out. And then when I saw it here, it was quite surprising. I think it was like a TV film. It's on, again, yeah. the Roku channel, which no one knows exists. Maybe this is just to get some eyes on it. But yeah, it's just strange that that's here. We've also got John Pointing in Big Boys. We've got Joseph Gilgan in Brassic. We've got Lenny Rush in Am I Being Unreasonable? Matt Ryan in What We Do in the Shadows, and Stephen Merchant in The Outlaws. I would give it to John Pointing for Big Boys, but um, I wonder if BAFTA will give it to Lenny Rush. He is amazing, and but he seems to be the flavour of the month as well. Uh, so I think they might give it to him for, for Am I Being Unreasonable? A child actor, always, always a good uh, heartstring puller. I mean, maybe Stephen Merchant, I don't know. I didn't really catch a... a a vibe of what this would be for the second season, mm. yeah, wouldn't it be? And yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. get a vibe of how popular the second season was compared to the first. Yeah, I, th- I think I'll stick with John Pointing. I'd- and Sophie, I think this is very much what you're saying about them not being a supporting category for comedy because a couple of these performances are very much supporting, aren't they? Yeah, I'd love to have a supporting category and then just more people can be nominated for comedy, mm. really. And like, you know, 
in Ghosts, nobody is really the lead, so they never get nominated in this category. Yeah, it's a shame, really. And I don't know, I think maybe Lenny Rush. I think Lenny Rush and Daisy Mae Cooper both won the RTS awards, and it could very well be the same here, because they were both really, like, hilarious performances. I would echo, I think, that Lenny Rush will probably win... I'd love Matt Berry to win. I, I, I'm surprised to see him here because what we're doing in the shadows has never really been particularly highlighted on, you know, British screens, even though, you know, BBC Two showed the first two series and I think it is still up on the iPlayer. But yeah, I think Lenny Rush is probably the favourite here. But I love John Pointing in Big Boys, even though I think that is the supporting performance, Dylan Llewellyn very much the lead. I thought his character was the more interesting of the two he went on a journey and i think the performance was utterly sort of spellbinding so i I would like that one to win over but i think yeah yeah i would i would say lenny rush uh, but again very varied category moving on to to the female side daisy may cooper as we mentioned am i being unreasonable diane morgan conk on earth lucy beaumont meet the richardsons natasha dimitri and ellie and natasha Siobhan McSweeney in Derry Girls and Taj Atwell in Hull Razors. Sophie, what are your thoughts here? Probably Daisy May Cooper. Natasha Dimitri might be a good pick as well because it's for an episode of the sketch uh, of a sketch show. So playing lots of different characters, she was very funny in all of those roles. Um, but I think Daisy May Cooper. Yeah, and again, Siobhan McSweeney very much a supporting role in Derry Girls. And again, going back to what you were saying they would never nominate any of the individual performances because they are sort of like, for me, one doesn't work without the other ones, really, in in Derry Girls. Yeah, I think I would agree Daisy Mae Cooper, very much a hot property at the moment with uh, with Rain Dogs being um, on at the moment as well. I agree. I I mean, I would like Siobhan McSweeney to win, but I do think probably one of the other girls from from Derry Girls would be more deserving of... Lead. I wonder if they should do, is it the Golden Globes that have an ensemble award? That mm. would, the, uh, the SAG Awards, SAG Screen awards. Actors Guild. I would like to see that, especially for comedy, because so often it is reliant on the entire ensemble for it. So I, I would like to see that as a, an introduction. Possibly Diane Morgan might win it, because I know Conconair seems to be very popular across the, the board uh, with a lot of people and very sort of worthy in the sense, you know, because it's daft but seen as kind of so cutting, it's highbrow, you know what I mean? Because it's Charlie Brooker originated. But I, th- I think probably it will go to Daisy Mae Cooper. Comedy Entertainment Programme, which is Friday Night Live, The Graham Norton Show, Taskmaster and Would I Lie to You? I'd probably go Taskmaster, you know, it's gone from being like a cult programme on Dave to being a really popular show on Channel 4. You know, you've got two standards really here in Graham Norton and and Would I Lie to You and and the revival of Friday Night Live, which seems like a sort of an odd pick because, again, it wasn't something that many people seemed to watch very much. So, yeah, I go for Taskmaster on this one, Dawn. Yeah, I agree, Taskmaster, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, same Taskmaster, definitely. Entertainment programme, again, we've got all the sort of the Saturday night favourites here, Saturday Night Takeaway, Mass Singer, Strictly Come Dancing, and the the outlier here is Later with Jules Holland, which I don't know has ever been nominated for a BAFTA before. This is Jules' 30th birthday bash, I'm guessing celebrating 30 years of the show. Uh, Sophie, what do you think? No idea. No idea. <laughs> I'm not, not, I'm this not, I'm... isn't your, your area of expertise. I like Strictly. Mm-hmm. I only know the mask singer from Twitter. <laughs> That's how I can see the mask singer. If Jules Holland has never been nominated before, maybe that's the reason that it was a particularly good episode and maybe that could win. The mask singer is, is out, you know, it's not as popular as it was. And I think this is for the series in 2022, which I think having watched bits of all of them was probably their weakest one. Last year's Strictly, again, wasn't as strong as the previous two years i could see jules holland possibly winning this as sort of like a career award but again it could go to any of these dawn what do you think strictly is the kind of obvious one but maybe there's a reason later with jules holland is in there as a kind of lifetime achievement (laughs) thing that they do occasionally give somebody just oh they've never won something just give them something (laughs) quick before they die give them an award entertainment performance we've got big zoo for big zoo big eats 
Claudie Winkleman for the Traitors, Lee Mack for the 1% Club, Mo Gilligan uh, for the latest show and Rosie Jones for Trip Hazard. Um, I remember last year Big Zoo won this uh, over mm. Sean Locke, which we were all a bit disappointed about. I would like Rosie Jones to win. I love Rosie Jones and I thought Trip Hazard was brilliant. I think it might go to Claudia Winkleman. Everybody loved the traitors and it became such a cultural phenomenon with her big neck jumpers. The the jumpers alone might win her the BAFTA. Yeah, same. Probably Rosie Jones or Claudia Winkleman. I've never even heard of the programme that Lee Mack is nominated for, the 1% Club. It's a game slash quiz show quite like logic questions and they they've asked a certain amount of people and it's like this is the question say that 90 percent of people got right they have 100 people playing and it goes down to the one percent question if you will right so. okay which he's very good at actually he's good at sort of interacting with the with the contestants he always seems a bit awkward like explaining the rules of a quiz show though i don't think that's sort of his Forte, if that makes sense. Um, he likes play. I, th- I suppose as a stand-up, you like playing with the audience, don't you? So I think that's his his skill there. But yeah, I mean, I think we had some issues, didn't we, Dawn, with Claudia Winkleman heading the Traitors? I think as a show, the Traitors was a phenomenon. Um, I think, yeah, Rosie Jones, I think, will win this. I, I mean, I do really like Lee Mack as the host of the 1% Club, so I could see him possibly winning. I don't think Big Zoo will win because he what he did really well last year. Might be Mo Gilligan. He's very popular in the and the show again. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be Rosie Jones winning this. Um, let's do international, which is the Bear Dharma, the Jeffrey Dharma story Wednesday. Usakin, I'm not quite sure what that is. Pachinko and the White Lotus. I mean, The Bear was my favourite show of last year, so I'm going to have to back that. But I don't know what BAFTA likes out of this, because, again, it's such a This is always the weirdest category, this one. (laughs) I'm going to say Pachinko just for the hell of it. What about you, Sophie? Probably The White Lotus. Um, Mm. The only other one I've seen is The Bear, um, Mm. and and that has done really well with awards in America, hasn't it? yeah, it's it's a weird one where all the the nominations are quite like sort of prestige things, apart from the two Netflix nominees, where mm. it's Dharma, which by all accounts was quite sort of trashy and controversial. And Wednesday, which was this big sort of like, yeah, Adam's Family thing, wasn't it? Tip from Tim Burton. So um, it could go. I mean, Dawn, what about you? What do you think? Uh, the beer, I, I would give it to the beer, but they might go for White Lotus because it is a very popular show. Um I honestly have no idea. <laughs> no. The last one we'll do is the memorable moment. In the past, I think it's been the Virgin Media Award. Um, but the the sponsor now is P&O Cruises. Oh, okay. So it's the P&O Cruises um, Award. The final moment of Derry Girls with the Good Friday Agreement, we have got Nick and Charlie's first kiss in Heartstopper, Paddington meeting the Queen from the Jubilee last year, the running up that hill segment from Stranger Things with Max, Sir Mo Farah revealing he was illegally trafficked to the UK in the documentary The Real Mo Farah. And we've got the final round table from the traitors. So very much a, a mixed bag. This is a public voted, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. The public's going to vote for Paddington. I just know it. Everybody was, you know, all the millions of jam sandwiches that were left when the queen died oh, sorry sorry marmalade sandwiches it's paddington you said jam you're gonna be beheaded now dawn you do realize that <laughs> that's my prejudice because i don't like marmalade i would give it to the final scene in Daily girls i thought that was hugely powerful and really important and you know really rounded off the series well and the the, the impact that that had on these, these dairy people's lives but I think there's no doubt that the Queen's going to win it. So, <laughs> I, I'm with you on who I want to win. I think Derry Girls. You know, I've I've really watched that final scene so many times on YouTube. It's just it's just fantastic. I sort of would agree with you in terms of the the Queen. The only one that I could see because it's an it's a public vote, and if it's online, your Heartstopper is a very sort of online oh, oh, yeah. show. You know, it's got a massive fandom behind it. So I think that's the only one. But just where we are, you know, we're sort of coronation drunk still. 
and <laughs> um, I think the the Paddington meeting the Queen is going to win it. Um, Sophie will just end off with you on on this one. Yeah, I think the public are going to vote for the Queen. They love it. Stranger Things also might get a lot of votes because again, like young mm. people voting for that particular thing. The Kate Bush song was like in the charts, wasn't it? After it was number that aired. One. Yeah, so maybe that'll get quite a lot of votes, similar to mm. Heartstopper getting the sort of young votes. Yeah, so but I think yeah, I think we're all in agreement that you know Paddington meeting the Queen is uh, the one. What what would you be your choice, Sophie? Maybe Dairy Girls or Stranger Things. Find out how wrong we are next Sunday, the fourteenth. They've announced as well it'll be um, Rob and Ramesh hosting this year, and um, it's been Richard Ayoade the last few years, but obviously uh, they're changing things up a little bit. So yeah, that. All those will be announced then. Thank you very much for for going through those with me, guys. If you just really want to run through where we can find you on the internet first, uh, Sophie? Uh, Yep, on Twitter at It's Sophie Davis. Uh, I am on Twitter at Dawn Glenn 2. And I am at Matt's TV Bytes, the website at Luke Custard TV and the podcast at Custard TV Pod. If you would like to be part of the podcast, as I always say, please get in touch uh, on any of those uh, Twitters or instagram it's the custard tv which dawn runs so just give that some love facebook just search the custard tv and uh, we have got an email custard tv reviews at gmail.com next time we'll be talking about two apple shows uh high desert and city on fire um, as well as £10 Poms on BBC One. But until next time, thank you and goodbye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programmes like this that help people realise that they're not alone. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.